They're loading into the barriers. Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. And they're underway for Moody on the Mic. Back again, another edition of Moody on the Mic, an all-star mile edition of Moody on the Mic. I'm Roger Aldrich, joining me as always. Let's start with the man himself, Peter Moody. G'day, Moods. Afternoon, boys. Uh, another terrific weekend of racing coming up. Uh, do we call it the last day of the Melbourne autumn, this all-star mile tacked onto the end? Uh, traditionally, it's... Um, well, I suppose we've still got the William Reed in that to go, haven't we? But uh, after the Australia Cup Newmarket last weekend, Super Saturday... Uh, usually all roads lead to Sydney, but we've got to still got one more, uh, I suppose, a couple more meetings, haven't we? Yeah. The William Reed's considered the official end of the Autumn Carnival, but uh, there's still plenty of winners to be had. One man is in for a big day this Saturday in both Melbourne and Sydney. Anthony Mithin could be a huge weekend for Rose. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a big week. I'm, uh, I'm at the lounge at um, Adelaide Airport after a, um, a big sale over here. Magic Millions have knocked it out of the park again. And uh, the focus now turns to the fields for Saturday in Sydney and Melbourne and those Rosemont runners. Can we get a big one with Mr Quickie in the All-Star Mile and uh, both Crone and All Saints Eve in the Coolmore Classic? I'll be very keen on Rain Man's thoughts on the Coolmore Classic. It's set to be... Uh, a great race, and I reckon they're both real life chances. So, um, yeah, I'll be a I'll be a cat on a hot tin roof Saturday morning. Well, Ray, man, we'll get your thoughts on those runners uh, a little bit later in the show. But how are you going, mate? Been a big week for you. Yeah, very excited, Rog. I'm back on track at the Valley on Saturday. It's my home away from home. I haven't been for over a year, so could not be more excited ahead of this Saturday. So I'll be as excited as Mitho is to be there on track in the Ladbrokes Lounge as we uh, cheer home our wildcard runner star of the seas in the All-Star Mile. So could not be more excited for this weekend's racing. You'll be cheering that one. I dare say Mitho and Moods will be cheering a different one. Uh Moods, we'll just touch back to last Saturday, mate. It was an indifferent day. Lightsaber got the job done. Pounding wasn't so good. Uh, he must have been happy enough with that result. Yeah, well, it's a strange feeling. You win a Group 2 race and went home a little bit despondent uh, because Oxley Road, my sort of boom cult, got beat in a listed race. Uh, you know, usually I'd get drunk for a month for winning a Group 2. And here I am driving down the Monash with Oxley Road and Lightsaber on the back of the float and sort of wanting to kick the dog, which is a bit sad. But uh, Lightsaber's done a tremendous job. He won his last three, and he was very good in the BRC size. Uh, he's one of Luke Nolan's better rides for a long time. Uh, in, in the size, he just beautifully controlled the tempo on Lightsaber. He went quick enough that they didn't annoy him, kept something in the locker, and the horse uh, got the job done nicely, pounding, who I thought would run very well at big odds. And I laid that to punters last week. He just didn't get a chance to get into the race. He loomed. The job was done. And Oxley Road, I was probably a bit greedy. I went one too far. There was no physical signs of that. But, uh, you know, it, it bit me on the ass. And uh, he's uh, in the paddock uh, eating grass. There you go. A little bit of poetry. Bit me on the ass in the paddock eating grass. Uh, punters probably wished I had to put him in the paddock eating grass before Saturday. But uh, terrific racing. Um you know, we're going to hear this point argued about the Australia Cup a week before the All-Star Mile probably depleted it of some quality. And then you've got a new market handicap, uh, won by a five-year-old carrying 57 and a half. And, you know, it was a good gutsy Windsor Tourie. But, you know, why the hell Bivouac and or Nature Strip weren't in that race with 58 on their back after both being defeated in the end? So hindsight's a great thing. But, uh, you know, it would have been great to see the best sprinters there. 
Zatori might have still beat them. Who knows? I don't know. September run didn't get into it. But it was good race, good competitive racing all day. And more importantly, both Melbourne and Sydney, and particularly Sydney, the racing was on good tracks. Obviously, Nature's Trip and Bivouac didn't win their respective contests in Sydney at, uh, at Group 2 and uh, I think Group 3 level, uh, respectively there. But I just want to go back, Moods, to, um, to Oxley Road. You, I mean, you say you, you pulled the wrong rein a little bit in, in running. Are you confident he's still up to, to Group 1 level and he was just at the end of his prep? Yeah, that's that's the feel I get. We tried something different. We rode him with a sit. Uh, Luke Nolan said, uh, even though he settled after 100, 150 metres, just didn't give him the same feel. Maybe, maybe I brought myself undone. Well, you know, my catch cry, let fast horses run fast. Yeah, what were you thinking, dickhead? Pete? What were and you, you know thinking? Who the dickhead you, is? you took a sit there, Petey. And and Me? and you you you, uh, you you told our listeners uh, you've been banging on about it for two years. Let fast horses run fast instead. Yeah, well, I've got no bastard to blame except myself. Got to hate that. I always like blaming someone else, but I've got to blame myself. I've got to take the rap. And uh, he just didn't give Nolan the same feel. Uh, he settled good. He quickened. Looked like he's going to put three on him and found a half length. And he didn't run bad, but he just didn't run up to what we expected. So. I still think he's a very good horse. Uh, I think he's a Group 1 cult in the making. He'll go and have a spell. He'll furnish some more and uh, look forward to having him back in the uh, spring. Now, speaking of horses um, that were having a spell and shared DNA here, um, I did notice on Racing Australia today that Gimme Parr is now listed as active and not spelling. Oh, oh, well, you've been doing a bit of homework there, Roger, and no doubt you'll sprout that all over the airwaves tomorrow and uh, and uh, take my uh, private conversation with you and my 100,000 followers on blog to racing.com, your other employee. <laughs> it's not private when it's on the podcast. Uh, um, yes, Pa has returned to training, Roger. No, no, that's right. No, and, and then you, what do they call that when you take someone else's work and print it somewhere else? Um, what's the word for that, boys? Plagiarism. Plagiarism. So it'll be plagiarised on the racing.com website tomorrow. Well, that Gimme Parr has returned to work. But, Roger, yes, she has indeed turned to, returned to training uh, with a view of uh, possibly heading to Brisbane for an attempt on the size produce there in Brisbane. She only had 15, 16 days in the paddock. She put on about 35 kilos, um, <clears throat> a la her auntie, Black Caviar, used to do similar type things and uh, we made a decision that because she went to the paddock sound well and healthy we would give her the opportunity to come up again so possibly one run in Melbourne towards the end of April and if she uh, performed up to expectation we might duck up to Brisbane for a crack at the group one size produce up there just thinking that her form looks exemplary uh, the horse that beat her down the straight, uh, his name escapes me, but he ran second in the Blue Diamond, the Cadolphin Cult. And then we saw that form very much frank in uh, Sydney on Saturday when the other Godolphin Cult won the two-year-old group two up there and, and, and beat the, all the slipper favourites. So yeah. the Melbourne two-year-old form is very much holding up. I think the horse you're thinking of is ingratiating. That's the one. I... The Todman winner was Animo that did a good job on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, Godolphin uh, hold a very, very strong hand there, Petey, and you've got form all around it. So, um, give me par. Um, 
the family. Uh, what's she related to again? Uh, Ole Kirk, Black Caviar, All Too Hard. It's not a bad family, that. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Little horse called Hansi Attic as well, mm. I think, in the in the pedigree there, Petey. Yes, um, yes, yes. Just to clarify, what I do is cross-promotion of this podcast and uh, and writing stories of what you say is called journalism. So uh, that's generally how it works. Uh, oh, oh, it's not pl- it's not plagiarism, it's journalism. I knew it had ism on the end of it, Roger. I wasn't doubting you for any any way, shape or form, Roger. I'm solid, you know that. No, that's, that's very, very good to know. Uh, we've got a very special guest coming up mm. on the Moody on the Mic podcast, which uh, would give uh, some other material to cross-promote the podcast on racing.com, and that is, of course, is the great Chris Waller, who's going to join us in a bit. But uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to look at the key races in Melbourne and Sydney. I am here to show you all how to Ladbroke it. Kachingos! We've Ladbroke the Ladbrokes app and made it faster than ever before. Never miss a minute of the action with the new and improved Ladbrokes app. Download it today. Well, let's not stop there. Let's Ladbroke the world! Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. One of the earlier races on the program, it's about the middle of the day at Mooney Valley on Saturday. Race 5 is the Alistair Clark Stakes Group 2 for the uh, middle distance runners. And, uh, Rayman, where's the early money being here? Cherry Tour Tony Rog has opened as an odds on favourite on the back of that slashing second behind Luna Fox in the uh, Australian Guineas. It's currently $1.90. Perora has recorded two wins on the trot. It's there at $6. Young Worth is $7. And you've got Grand Slam, a little bit of a market move early uh, into $9 with Jamie Carr in the saddle. But this race does really look all about Cherry Tour Tony. And whether you do want to dive in at the short price, I think there's no doubt he is the best horse in this race. Uh, Probably a bad barrier cost him the Victoria Derby. A bad barrier has cost him the Australian Guineas. He could very well be going into this race as a two-time Group 1 winner. And there was so much to like about the way he savaged the line late in the Australian Guineas. I guess the issue is his racing pattern and whether you do want to dive into $1.90. He has won at the Valley of, uh, before he won the Mooney Valley Vars on uh, Labrox Cox Plate Day last year. But that was a really good ride that day. They got him up and running a long way from home. I think that's what Billy Egan will have to do again here today. Probably try to loop this field just because I think if he uses his usual racing pattern and sort of uh, lets him run on late, he might just run out of time here at, at the Valley. So there's no doubt he's the best horse in the race. I certainly don't want to be backing against him, but I'm not sure I can dive in at $1.90 at, uh, at the moment. I still think he's probably the horse to beat in the Australian Derby. He's the, he's the guru. You know, he's, he's thinking three races ahead, and uh, that's why we love the rain man and love his work. So um, I, I think it's obviously the horse to beat, Cherry Tortani, but um, Grand Slam is a horse that I am fearful of. They're just... How many times can you be thrown in the deep end before you actually start to swim a few laps? And um, Kieran Maher and David Eustace, they know a thing or two about a thing or two. And I'm just wondering whether this horse will put his hand up at some stage and and make us all look a bit silly tipping something else. Um, Back to the Valley, they obviously thought he was good enough to run as a three-year-old in the Cox Plate at the Valley. Um, and, I, and I like him for that. I believe his gallop was pretty good during the week leading up to this. So um, I'm going to just tip Grand Slam in perhaps a Quinella, bet around that and uh, and hope that he he does put his hand up and it's, it's sink or swim time for him. So Grand Slam for me. 
I thought Young Werther would, you know, be more ideal getting out to this sort of trip. But the Valley is another is he's another horse. I don't know whether the Valley is going to suit uh, the running style of Young Werther. So I'm sort of on that Cherry Tortoni bandwagon. I think he's probably going to win, but yeah, he's getting pretty short for my liking moods. Yeah, listen, it's nearly a watch race, isn't it? Cherry Tortoni wins if luck goes his way. Uh, I think is the way to approach the race. Do you want to take a dollar ninety and hope that's the case? Probably not. So I'd just be, I'd just be thinking Cherry Tortoni's too good for them, but but bet at your peril because uh, it, it could be a Luna Fox moment and uh, something gets the dream run and he doesn't. And if you did uh, hear those tones in the background, that's right. Travelling is a thing again, and Mythos in an airport lounge. So uh, just so waiting lucky. for so lucky. Dedication to the cause is unbelievable. Uh, let's look at the All-Star Mile now. And uh, this is a, a terrific race. There's two standouts here, no doubt, um, Ray Man, but there's still plenty of talent outside of Arcadia Queen and also Probabil. Uh, where is that money heading? Is it with those two sprue courses? Yeah, it's a fascinating race, this one, Rog. All the early money since the final field and barrier draw has been for Arcadia Queen. It's the $3.40 favourite. Probabil on the second line of betting there at four twenty. Then you've got a host of well-credentialed horses at really juicy prices. Russian Camelot's $8. Marga 2, $10. The Labrox wildcard runner, star of the season, is $14. Cox Lightman, Sir Dragon A, $15. Behemoth's $15. Mitsukwiki's $18. All the way down to... Uh, 50 stars, the first emergency at $26. Shout the bars, $20. So there's a host of Group 1 winners here at a really juicy price. And I think there's one horse that punters have sort of been, and even pundits and everyone's sort of been quick to forget about. And I think that's Russian Camelot, who's currently sitting there at $8 with Labrokes. Uh, in the spring, uh, early on, people were ready to anoint this horse as the second coming of Winks. And he really hasn't done a huge amount wrong since then. He's... First up run in the McIver Diva Stakes when he was second, sat on a hot speed, sat wide, still uh, ran really well there, was excellent. He went on to beat Arcadia Queen in an absolute canter in the Underwood Stakes. Arcadia Queen did lower his colours when he was $1.30 in the Caulfield Stakes, but then he beat Arcadia Queen home again in the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. So they raced three times last preparation, and Russian Camelot beat her home twice, and yet she's $3.40, and he's $8 here. So uh, there is... Uh, Rain expected to hit Melbourne on Saturday, which only advantages uh, Russian Camelot. He's got drawn barrier two with Damien Oliver in the saddle, so he should get every favour in the run. So I think he's a, a massive price here, Russian Camelot. I think he's a really good chance to make a winning return to the races. Uh, Probabil looks bomb-proof, though. Uh, they have announced today, though, that if that rain does come, they would consider scratching and may not run in the race. But I think if the track is firm, Probabil... Uh, is right in the mix. She just does nothing wrong, this horse. Uh, her win in the Futurity Stakes was excellent, and uh, there's no reason why she won't be right in the mix again. So they're the two for me, Russian Camelot and Probabile. Really excited to see how Star of the Seas goes for the Ladbrokes Ambassadors. Five lab lucky Ladbrokes punters have won our All-Star Mile competition, and they will collect the Ambassador Prize money for Star of the Seas. So if he does happen to win the race, they'll split the $250,000 uh, Ambassador first prize money five ways. So they are uh, a very exciting day for those Ladbrokes punters in the Ladbrokes lounge. So uh, really looking forward to this race. But for betting purposes, uh, I'm pretty keen Russian Camelot. I'm really keen on uh, on Arcadia Queen. I think she's the best horse in the race. Um, I think it'll set up nicely for it. I, I do think that uh, Russian Camelot, certainly over the odds, when, I, when it came out, I was like, are people forgetting that he was going around at the $1.30 in the spring? Like, what happened here? Was Are we knocking one bad run when he ran out? 
the 3200 that was never going to suit. Uh, but but I'm keen on Arcadia Queen here. I do love Pogba Bill, but um, yeah, I'm surprised that they'll scratch if we get a bit of rain. That's that's interesting. Uh, Mitho. Yeah, I, I want Rayman's um, advice here on how I can tip Mr. Quickie because obviously there's five million reasons to uh, have him on top for where, from where I sit. Um, finishing third behind uh, those those two superstars uh, first up was a was a fantastic effort and um, and uh, you know puts his hoof on the till. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'm going towards uh, probably on Acadia Queen having one go at the Valley and not being able to place, happened to be in last year's Cox Plate. So um, those those runs in the Cox Plate, uh, Rain Man, were they, were they acceptable from where you sat for Probabil and Arcadia Queen? I remember thinking at the time that Probabil probably should have been running uh, a week later um, in the Golden Eagle. She would have absolutely bolted that up for four-year-olds, but uh, elected to take the tougher option and go for the glory of the Cox Plate. Um, were they acceptable runs and did they handle the valley okay? That's my chink in the armour that I'm hoping for for Mr Quickie. Yeah, I think Probabil in particular, I'm not sure she is a 2,000-metre horse. I think the Cox, Lowbrokes Cox Plate did just stretch her a little bit. I still think she ran really well to finish seventh there. And I think you're absolutely right. She would have bolted in, in the Golden Eagle and uh, the 1,600 metres uh, suits her perfectly. So I don't think the Valley is an issue for her at all. Arcadia Queen, not so not so sure the Valley is her track. Like, obviously, she's got class. So it might just take – it might just she might just pretty prove too classy for them. But um, she does sort of like to find her feet, set, settle in the second half of the field, and we'll need some luck in running from Barrier 5, there's no doubt. But I think maybe the wide barrier draw for Mr. Quickie might actually help him because it means that – Jamie, we know that Jamie Carr will, will be happy to sit wide, have him travelling, and then she, he can get up and running a long way from home uh, and sort of maybe have the chance to finish up on top of them. Because I think they will go pretty quick here because you've got Graceful Glamour, Shout the Bar that'll go forward. And, uh, Babylon. Yeah, I think they'll set up a, set up a pretty genuine tempo. So I think the Quickstone can do what he does and and uh, run on really well. Whether that's going to be good enough to win, I'm not, I'm not sure. But I, I, there's no reason why I don't think he can run top five. Yep, uh, I think if there's chinks in the armour for um, Acadia Queen and Probabile, who you have to have as your Quinella, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in their camp rather than a Russian Camelot, to be honest. I, I think they've got that um, they've got that form on the board. They've had a run. Um, gee, it's a tough task to try and win this first up. Um, Mr Quiggy tried last year and it was a um, not a dismal performance, but one where we got the short back and sides and learned that the tough mile, a competitive mile like that with uh, race fit horses, um, it's a really big task, so um, I'm in the I'm in the mayor's camp rather than Russian Camelot, um, and hoping Mr. Quickie over the top. Moods, you don't train Mr. Quickie, but you do part on him, and uh, a win on Saturday could potentially buy you another young horse at the sales. So, um, do you think he can get the job done? Well, the heart says yes. Um, I've got to be honest; the mind says no. I think. Probably better suited at handicap rather than wait for age uh, at, at this level. That, that's my little take on it. Um, but he doesn't run bad and uh, he'll get into the race and he, he'll be working home. Is it going to be good enough to beat some of these? Well, what are our top wait for age horses at this point? Uh, Katie Queen, getting back to her Cox Plate run, arguably she should have nearly won the Cox Plate. She nearly fell in that Cox Plate and didn't have the best of luck. And I was with Probabil the other day. I just thought Arcadia Queen might have the medal this time with another run under a belt. So I've got to 
Oh, Cody Queen over probably Camelot. I just think he profiles so well for the race. I do a hard mile, but he's just going to get the sweet run. He's going to be in front of those two mares, I would think, from the two alley. I would, without seeing the horse or knowing anything from the camp, expect him to be a more mature individual, both physically and mentally. Remembering he's a European-bred horse. He's been six months behind these horses the last two seasons. And from gate two, with that good speed, I can just see him parking up fourth, fifth, sixth. And those mares are going to probably be seventh, eighth, ninth behind him. And he's going to get first crack of them around the valley. And Quickie's probably going to be 10th, 11th, 12th. Um, I just wonder, and I'm, I reckon Denny O'Brien will have him that fit for this. I just think he profiles to get the gun run in the race at eight to one each way. I think it's hard to leave. Arcadia Queen over Probable and God give, give Mr. Quickie strength to swamp home over the top of all of them. No one will give a bigger cheer than me. Uh, but uh, yeah, Russian Camelot each way at the eights, too good a value with Rain Man there. All right, let's go up to Sydney now. Uh, and the first of a few races we're going to look at here. Uh, is the Group 2 Farlap Stakes. Jeez, this is a wide-open betting affair, Ray, man. Yeah, it doesn't get much more open than this one, Rog. It's basically $5, $6 to field, and uh, a lot of different form lines converging here. Poland comes up from uh, Melbourne after winning the uh, Autumn Stakes, so that will get a gauge on how strong that form race is, will be. Embolism ran really well behind Luna Fox at a big price in the Australian Guinea, so that form will get tested. Then you've got the Sydney Horses, uh, who have been racing well, like Hungry Heart, probably has been at its best, this preparation, uh, looking to return to its sort of spring form. And then you've got Eliza Beal, who's been racing really well. And I think the value runner here at $6. Um, was really good in the light finger stakes, ran really well uh, in the surround stakes at group one level here. And I think he, uh, the step up in trip to the 1,500 metres will suit it. So really open race, but I'm happy to have a little play here, Eliza Beal at the $6. I was thinking the same thing, actually, uh, Rayman. I, I thought she finished off really well in the surround stakes and that extra 100 metres is going to suit at $6. Uh, I don't mind that form line coming in because I, I like Poland as well. I just don't think the format of that uh, autumn stakes um, is particularly strong. So at $6, I'm with you in that respect as well, Mitho. Yeah, I'm going to throw in Hungry Heart. Um, Chris Waller, the expert uh, trainer, um, he's um, – uh, look, he's he, – She's probably been a little disappointing um, so far, this preparation, but um, I think she gets to a fitness peak at, at this run and, and gets an opportunity to um, step out to 1,500 metres and um, draw them well, J-Mac up, um, just profiles up as a, as, as, as a really nice um, each-way hope, I would have thought. Uh, we're betting 550 on Ladbrokes, so um, I like a bit of that when you've got the combination CJ Waller, J Mac, and Frankel. So um, I'm pretty happy with uh, that combo. Hungry heart for me um, each way at the 550. Peter Moody, have you had a chance to have any sort of look at this one? No idea, boys. Uh, I'm not going to pick one for the sake of picking one because I think it's an impossible race to assess. Like, you know, I liked Hungry Heart first up. She's disappointed the prep. Uh, there's some nice promising horses here, but a few of them need to start putting a hand up. Can Polar, is that Melbourne form going to be good enough? Uh, we're not sure. We haven't seen the Sydney-Melbourne sort of middle distance form. Uh, we haven't had an assessment on that to this point. So, no, go your hardest uh, and uh, good luck. <laughs> 
And good luck to Mitho in the next race we're going to look at. It is the Coolmore Classic, and not only does he have a runner, he's got two. Uh, well, Rosemont do. Uh, before we get your thoughts, Mitho, because I'm sure they'll be extensive, um, Rayman, where's the money going? Uh, you won't find too many Group 1 races more open than this one, Rog. Forbidden Love, the surround stakes winner, is the favourite at $6. And then there's only two of the horses at single figures here. Shalot at $8, Ice Bath at $9. Then you've got a host of classy gallopers at double-figure odds. And uh, it pains me to say it, but I, I like two horses in this race at the price, and Mitho just happens to own both of them. All Saints Eve at $12.00. And Crone at $18. I think I'll start with Crone at $18. Might be the best $18 chance I've ever seen in a Group 1 Crone. She's absolutely flying this horse. The, the winner Magic Wednesday was full of quality. And then she came out uh, the other day and, and sort of blitzed them really uh, last start in the lead up to, to this race. And she's always been a horse with a lot of ability. So it's not like these wins have come out of nowhere. She's she's not fluking them. She's She's since her two-year-old days has been a very classy galloper. So the fact we're getting $18 again is a bit ridiculous in my opinion. Uh, barrier one with Tim Clark in the saddle. We'll probably need a little bit of luck in running at the right time, but $18 for a mare that's just in such inflating form, I think is a, a great each way bet. You get $5.50 for her to finish in the placing, which is just enormous. Um, and then you've got All Saints Eve who... I think I had the 11 race starts, but for me, it's still a horse that has a lot of upside, like uh, a mare with heaps of a stack of upside. Her first up one in the run in the Liverpool City Cup was excellent. The horse that always does improve second up. She's unbeaten second up, and she should get a, a lovely run in transit with uh, Brenton Abdullah, uh, Group 1 winner last weekend uh, from Barrier 7. So I think both these horses are great value at their uh, at the current price. I think Tricky Girl at sixteen dollars is another one that can run well at the price. But it's a it's another one of those races where you can make a case for any of them. I wouldn't try to talk you out of it, but I just happen to be with uh, Mythos here. I'm with Crone because I backed their last start at twenty to one and it paid off. I spoke to Tony Golan today. He is very keen. If the heavens open in Sydney, he's going to be even more keen. And uh, the weather forecast looks to be on Crone's side. Mytho, are you doing the rain dance? I'm extremely aroused, lads. I am aroused after Rain Man's comments there. That's uh, extremely exciting. Uh, the rain is forecast. I think that falls anyway at this time of year in Sydney. So um, I don't think we need to be um, be getting out there and doing anything too exotic um, on the front lawn when I get home. But, um, I think yeah, so we'll get the soft track. We'll get the conditions to suit both these mares. Um, it's great to, to share in the ownership with Roller Dice and uh, Waikato Stud, uh, great partners to race with and breed with. And um, it's exciting to have um, two real-life chances in what is a really open Group 1 uh, affair. But um, I, I love the execution of the plan by John O'Shea. Um, he's been talking about this race since, I reckon, September last year. Um, the, 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 the throw of the dice, uh, the throw of the stumps came uh, when we ran in the, in the Golden Eagle and, and ran fourth and, and picked up a lovely check for that. Um, but even before um, the Golden Eagle, the big money race, so I, I was talking to John about this mare and, and, and put, it on his, put that race on his radar and he said, no, 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 the race that we need to win is the Coolmore Classic next year in the autumn. She'll get a wet track. I'm, I'm going to have her second up into the race She'll be uh, down close enough to the minimum. We'll protect her weight between now and then and we'll make sure that um, she gets every chance to be a Group 1 winner. So 
Um, you love it when a plan comes off. Um, I'm pinching myself that we've got this far and it's been a, an unimpeded run to get there. With 54 kilos, Brenton Abdullah, she won't know herself. A wet track is going to bring her right into it as well. Um, she's drawn well. She's going to get a good run in the race. And I just think the moons have met here. And um, like you, Rain Man, I think the blowout chance might be the roll of dice colours, um, which will be ex- exciting to, to cheer on as well down the outside. She's flying. Uh, Tony Golan's update, I can tell you, your uh, lad broke punters that um, he could not God be more fuck pleased me. with Well, do you want to hear this, Peter, or do you, do you just want to, you just want to revel in your own opinion and, or are you happy to hear an opinion of another trainer or is it just your opinion that counts? when we come together on this show, well, Peter. Did you want to hear Tony's opinion? Do you, or think, you can get, yeah, think you can get to the point? Do you, do you think we can get to the point? Well, the, well, the, point the point being that Tony actually thinks she's improved after that group two win. Uh, 1,500's probably the, the, the step furthest she needs. Won't Lovely. probably get much That's further. Great. I hate it when mum and dad fight. Um, What's your opinion, Peter? Who's going to win it? It's a group one. How much rain have we got forecast? A lot. Well, a bloke who owns two wet trackers in the race would know to the fucking drop. Is, is, there, is there a significant rain forecast? Yes. No, I don't. no well, I, I think you are a good chance after all that fucking blabber for 15 minutes. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, both your horses are well suited if conditions do prevail and uh, wishing you the very best of luck. Um, and uh, I, I think they will run extremely well for you. I was probably thought subpoenaed just... Mm-hmm leaning on the fact that if the rain doesn't arrive, she's just as effective on the dry as the wet, and we are three, three and a half days out. Uh, I thought she was good in the Scirocco the other day, being the stablemate good from her, and I just thought she was there to run extremely well, but if the rain does significantly arrive, it brings Mythos two fillies right into the race, all Saints even crone, no doubt, but subpoenaed uh, at each way odds, I think... Uh, Wet or dry, she'll give you a hell of a sight. I am here to show you all how to Ladbroke it. Giddy up and Ladbroke the winners this autumn carnival right in the mounting yard. Bring a little razzle-dazzle and be part of the action. Download the Ladbroke app for a better betting experience today. But let's not stop there. Let's Ladbroke the Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. All right, welcome back to Moody on the Mic. Our very special guest here now. He has got star of the seas in the All-Star Mile. Chris, as well as a 1,000 other runners on the weekend. Chris, well, welcome to Moody on the Mic. Absolute pleasure to be here. Chris, another big race. It's not a group one, but it's the biggest race in Melbourne on the weekend. It's star of the seas going into the All-Star Mile. What are your confidence levels like? Should the punters be jumping on? Um... It's a tricky race for us, to be fair. We've got um, a fairly good horse, but there's some genuine weight for age performers in there. What I know about our horse is he's good at a mile. Uh, his last start win was very good. His form from Sydney's around some good horses, including Billy Out, very elegant and colding in the spring. And um, he's got a Doncaster placing next to his name, so it's got the right credentials, but Probably just needs to lift a little bit. Chris, you've drawn barrier 12, probably a little bit of a sticky gate. Uh, will you, what will the riding instructions be for Mark Zara heading into Saturday's race? Um, those types of draws, I think you're best leaving it to the jockey. And uh, 
then you can blame him after the race and not the trainer. <laughs> We've got five Ladbrokes ambassadors who have uh, won our All-Star Mile competition to be the uh, ambassadors for our Star of the Seas on Saturday. Do you have a message for them? Do you think they should just uh, worry about collecting the prize money check with our 500,000 up for grabs in the ambassador prize money draw? Do you think they should be should be backing them at the $15 currently available with Ladbrokes as well? I think they should enjoy the day. It'll be a great day as it always is at Meaning Valley. Ladbrokes know how to put on a party and just uh, I hope Ladbrokes support them and they have a great time because uh, Star of the Seas will run well but yeah you better throw in a few catch and a few, uh, few bidding vouchers as well I think to make their day The Group 1 race in Sydney on Saturday Chris the Coolmore Classic. You've got a couple of runners there in the form of Subpoenaed and Madame Rouge. Both are double-figure chances with Ladbrokes at the moment. If you had to pick one of them, which way would you be leaning and how are they both uh, heading into the Group 1 race on Saturday? Um, we got itchy feet and went last week with Madame Rouge and she was completely out of class but still still ran okay in the Canterbury Stakes. And Subpoenaed beat Madame Rouge home last start. What, the one thing I could tell you is the better the track, the better they'll go. Other key runner on Saturday at Rose Hill in the far lap stakes is Hungry Harder, another Group 1 place getter. Uh, probably hasn't been at a very best so far this preparation, but do you think the uh, the filly can bounce back in a, in a race that uh, Wings actually won herself, the far lap stakes? Yeah, it's been a good race to us, and the, ra- the reason we've put a few of these fillies in it is it's a great sort of second-tier race to get the confidence back and... Uh, um, the, the previous two runs this preparation, she's had terrible draws. Um, she was four wide first up, second up. We decided to ride her back because we were just sick of having no luck. And um, things just didn't really work out. So put a line through the last two runs. Interesting this year, there's a couple of Colts in there, I think from Melbourne, that probably deserve a bit of respect. Um, but it's her home track and she's ready to run well, so she'll be over the odds for the punters. Chris Moods here, mate. How are you? Very good, Mr. Moods. <laughs> Back training. Is it as easy as it used to be? Oh, mate, I'm just a little fish. Now poking around the bush down here. I'm just, just, just having a bit of fun, mate. Just having a bit of fun, and, but very much enjoying it. So it's great to be back rubbing shoulders with the elite like yourself and uh, having a bit of fun. But, mate, I've got to say, I was a little bit disappointed last week. During my hi- hiatus, you sort of mm-hmm. took me on. You took me on as a co-trainer of Nature Strip. Now, I was very I was very gutted the other day when he went back to Sydney and you didn't stay in Melbourne for the new market. I thought September run would just win the new market, but now in hindsight, mate, I've got to think that the, the big boy would have just blown them all away with 58 when we saw the horse that won it with 57 and a half. He could have carried him and won the race. Hindsight's a great thing, Mr. Moody. Um, it is. Maybe maybe you should have retired Black Caviar so early and she could have won more like that. Yeah, but I, I increased your bank balance by retiring Black Caviar because they put all the prize money up after I retired her. <laughs> yeah, they did. Are we any chance of seeing him back in Melbourne for the William Reed nature strip? Unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah, he went to the paddock for three days. He's coming back tomorrow. Um, we're just sort of following a similar path to last year because I'm, I'm to get him up to Queensland because uh, doesn't look like we're about to get to Ascot this year. 
Um, so there's some nice sprint races in Queensland with good money and get yourself no horses thrive up there. And we'll be back down there for the spring, that's for sure. Now, well, the prize money is terrific in Queensland, and funny thing, collectively with those races up there, you win a lot more than you do at Ascot anyhow, as, as we do know. Mate, uh, thanks for... Uh, uh, having a little yarn. Mitho's going to grab you for one second. I'm with Sapina on the weekend. God give her strength and I uh, hope you have a good day and I'll hand you over to Mitho, mate. No, just going to uh, finish. I reckon our punters would uh, be um, remiss of us not to ask. Um, you've got an arsenal of two-year-olds that are uh, that are just emerging and headed towards a slipper and head of state, uh, one of those um, running in the in the final lead up on on Saturday, um, can you just give us a, a rundown? Maybe your your, your top three two year olds um, heading into the, the big race next weekend. Yeah, I think the top two are O President and Home Affairs. Home Affairs was beaten on Saturday, but I wouldn't be too concerned about that because uh, I think the, the, the profile of a slipper race will suit him. O President is continuing to improve. He won uh, the silver slipper. Last start, uh, or Todman, I think it was one of those races, and uh, he's going very well. And he'll go straight into it. And we've got Shakira running this Saturday. This Saturday, he won the Magic Millions. He was disappointing first up, but hope to see him improve. And as and the horse you mentioned, head of state, we've got him earmarked as a size horse. So. So you'll go three weeks to the size after Saturday and it'll be a rough chance Saturday as well. Good luck, happy racing. Good on you. Thank you, gentlemen. Great to be on the show. Thanks, Chris. I am here to show you all how to Ladbroke it. Giddy up and Ladbroke the winners this autumn carnival right in the mounting yard. Bring a little razzle-dazzle and be part of the action. Download the Ladbrokes app for a better betting experience today. But let's not stop there. Let's Ladbrokes the world! Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, it's the part of the show we know you all wait for. The best bets here on Moody on the Mic to kick us off, as he always does, the resident Rayman. What do you got, Tommy? I'm going to have two best bets this week, Rog. Best value bet is Crone for the reasons outlined earlier in the Coolmore Classic. Huge price uh, currently. Best bet, race three in the Pago Pago. I'm actually going against Shakiro from the Wallace Stable. I'm with Ingratiating for Godolphin. Comes out of that Blue Diamond Stakes. And we saw the Blue Diamond Stakes form stack up in the best possible way last week in Todman Stakes. And Ingratiating, I think, does have more ability than its stable mate. So I think the 245 currently available uh, probably won't last too long. I think it's definitely the horse to beat. And uh, Godolphin's going to go into the uh, Golden Slipper with, uh, with an army of contenders. Well, my best bet, I'm going to go with uh, Moods, your good mates, Philip Stokes and Wally Dalziel Ancestry. A little bit, uh, I'm not disappointing first up, stepping up to group one level for the first time, but gets back to, to the Valley uh, where it has been successful before. Two from two at the Valley. I think uh, $2.80 Ancestry looks a really good bet on Saturday. Race four, number three, Mytho. I am giving you, uh, well, not so much a Rosemont Ruffy, but a Rosemont second favourite. Uh, our two-year-old in the uh, St Albans, well, what was known as the St Albans Stakes Race 2 at Mooney Valley, I think it's um, now called the uh, the Valley Pearl. Um, it's it's a very talented filly. It's the half-sister by Schwarzier to uh, Iconoclasm, who uh, loves the Valley and 
um, has uh, earned more than a million prize money. Um, she was very good on debut at Ballarat, and uh, she can back it up here with a stakes win at her second start with Craig Williams in the saddle drawn well. Glitter and gold is her name. And, Pandas, uh, I'm going to stick with Russian Camelot in the All-Star Mile. I think the 8-1 to one each way, the way the race profiles, I think he'll give you a hell of a sight. And like I said earlier, banking on a bigger, stronger, more mature individual, uh, Russian Camelot. Uh, I just think he's too good odds and will get too good a run with the Master D. Oliver in the saddle. Good luck to Mitho with his army of runners. God give Mr. Quickie strength. And don't be like me, putters, owners, <laughs> trainers and jockeys. Let fast horses run fast.